Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be spending time with my lovely and sweet sister and friend, Regine Corona. Regine is the founder and CEO of the social enterprise nonprofit, Advancing the Seed, Inc., providing financial literacy, entrepreneurship education, and career pathway resources to underserved youth, young adults, and women. Advancing the Seed also provides training, business development, and strategic planning consulting for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and nonprofit leaders. Regine is also the founder and CEO of Advanced Business Strategies, a consulting firm that specializes in assisting public and private sector leaders to develop strategies that identify clear and measurable outcomes for community development and public health-related projects. We are here today with Regine Corona. She is a businesswoman runs a nonprofit and is one of my dearest, dearest friends. We met at an event that we were together in a room with a hundred amazing women and leaders and we sat next to each other. And I just remember looking at her thinking, oh my gosh, this woman is going to not only change my life, but push me forward in many ways. And I remember sitting next to you and you're looking at me thinking, okay, I'm not very good at staying connected. And I said, oh girl, it's okay because I'm going to keep you connected. It doesn't really matter. I think it's been about two, maybe three years since then. Mm -hmm. My life has totally changed thanks to you. So I'm so excited to introduce you. And I want you to talk a little bit more about your story, where you were in life, and how you got to creating your nonprofit. Okay. First of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited that you have a podcast, and I just want to lift you up and support you in that, and you will do amazing because you're an amazing connector, and so many people just connect really well with you. and my life has changed since we have been friends and colleagues and we don't talk to one another like every week, but oh my gosh, there are so many things that we've been able to do together and it's just been amazing. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So just really quickly, I come from a 25 year information technology background. I really came up through the ranks. I truly learned on the job. And I went through almost every IT job that you can think of. I was a network administrator. I was a database administrator. I was a programmer. I was a designer and architect. And in the last seven years of my career, 
I was responsible for cybersecurity. And I absolutely loved my job. I had a team of people who worked for me, and we handled the operational end of cybersecurity and risk compliance in the data centers for Los Angeles County. And it was really exciting and I thought rewarding. I had a career. I enjoyed my career. And around 2011, something strange started happening. I was going through, really, my faith walk was increasing. And I was praying and just telling God, I'm a woman of faith, as you know, and I was telling God, you know, I don't know that I've connected to my purpose in life. I don't know that I know why you have me here. And I'd love to be able to know that I'm doing what I'm purposed to do. And boy, when you ask God to reveal something (laughs) to you, be ready, right? Because you have no idea what's going to happen next. And so what began to happen next for me was a job that I absolutely loved, a career that I absolutely loved, and where I still had upward mobility. I had a lot of responsibility. I made really good money. Started to become a job that I disliked. And I mm-hmm. couldn't even put my finger on why I disliked it. Wow. I was just waking up every Monday morning and starting the week out miserable. I would spend the weekends trying to recharge myself, rejuvenate myself, feel good about the upcoming week. And then I I think that I had a handle on it. And then Monday morning would come and it'd be like, oh, I'm miserable. I don't want to do this. Why am I so miserable? I started spending more time in prayer and I literally heard God say, it's time to go. And I have something else planned or your life. And that will be your purpose. And, you know, I I was like, I thought for sure I misheard God. You can't be asking me. And you had no idea what it was. No, I had no idea. That was part of the conversation. God said, it's time to leave, but I'm not going to tell you where (laughs) you're going next. And you will have to have faith. And I remember writing down one day, read the story of Abraham. And like I asked Abraham to leave everything that he knew Mm -hmm. and I didn't tell him where he was going. I'm doing that in your life. Will you trust me? And I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding me. How am I going to take care of myself? At the time, I was a single mom Mm -hmm. and I had no idea how I was going to take care of myself and my children. So Needless to say, I heard God, but I didn't listen. Wow. I mean, that's a leap of faith, too. (laughs) It is. It's a huge leap of faith. And, you know, I look back now and I say that was definitely part of my faith journey at that time. And Mm -hmm. I always thought that I really had this huge amount of faith. And I tended to be the person who would believe if I felt that God spoke something It didn't matter how long it would take. It didn't matter what my circumstances looked like. I always just had faith and believed and walked in that promise. But this was a time where I was really challenged in that area. And I just kept questioning all the logical things. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to pay for things. Simple things, like how do I pay for the rent? What am Mm -hmm. I going to do? So there were 
all of these things that were going through my head. And literally, I spent 18 months going back and forth. Well, really, it was a little less than 18 months. It was probably about mm, 14 months where I, at that point, I finally came to the decision, okay, this is what you're asking me to do, so I'm just going to walk in faith and I'm going to do it. So 14 months, you still stayed in the same job? Like you didn't leave yet? No. And every week, it seemed as though it got worse and worse. And I was literally miserable, Natalie. I'd never been miserable in my job, Hmm. in any job. And so I finally made the decision. And then I gave advance notice that I was going to be leaving Mm -hmm. and so it was 18 months after where I actually left. So in 2013, May of 2013, wow. I ended my IT career and left and had no idea what I was going to do. Oh next. my gosh. <laughs> so I spent the first 30 days at home, literally being Susie Homemaker and just kind of trying to do everything <laughs> to fill my time. I donated my time to the school. I became, at the time, my son was in the second grade, and (laughs) I became class mom. Wow. I would spend all my time on the school campus. Both of my kids were in elementary school at that time. And so I didn't know what to do with myself. But after about 30 days, I had had enough of that. And (laughs) I still wasn't hearing from God what to do. And so I started going out and volunteering my time and helping nonprofits. And I had never volunteered for a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And the first nonprofit that I volunteered for, they worked with women coming out of substance abuse addiction Mm -hmm. and transitioning into, you know, kind of a a normal life. Mm -hmm. And, And so I just volunteered to help in any way that I could. And initially, I didn't really disclose what my background was. Mm -hmm. But after about three weeks, I started kind of helping and stepping in as a leader. And someone finally asked, what is your background? And I shared with them. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I ended up sitting on the board of that organization and helping them to develop strategy. Because what I realized was, as an IT senior manager, and I had people reporting to me, and I was building new things constantly and managing large-scale projects and managing large budgets, that strategy was a part of my experience. And I realized that strategy actually fit into the nonprofit world very well. Hmm. So I learned how to move that experience over into a new industry. Over time, I got to know that industry. And then I started just looking at gaps, areas that I saw where there was a need. And, you know, again, I was in prayer one day and the Lord prompted me to start a nonprofit. And at this time I had started a consulting company. I had a for-profit consulting company and I was the only employee and I was working with cities and other community organizations and helping them to develop strategies, usually like three to five year strategies around public health. And so I actually started my own nonprofit. And I wasn't sure at the time what I was going to focus on with the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it would be something with youth. And so we started developing a strategy around how to work with youth. 
and what was the greatest need. And it seemed that at the time, and this is still very true, there were a large number of what are called either disconnected youth or opportunity youth. And they're 16 to 24 years old, and typically they are not in school and Mm -hmm. not employed, or if they are employed, they are underemployed, Mm -hmm. severely underemployed. And I decided that that was the demographic that I wanted to work with. And so that's how we got started. And the organization is called Advancing the Seed. And there are a lot of things behind the name, but first and foremost, Advancing the Seed is about planting positive seeds in young adults and then nurturing those seeds and helping them to grow so that they can go out and deposit more positive Mm -hmm. and replicate that idea. I love that. And most of what you do with the youth, is it created around leadership, entrepreneurship, business skills? What types of things do you do with the youth and the young adults? So it's actually all of those things. When we started out, we really focused primarily on entrepreneurship and financial education because our mission is to develop strong leaders for business and community engagement so that they can create financial stability for themselves, their families, and their communities. So it was all about teaching young people how to step up as leaders and start owning their lives and where things were going Mm -hmm. in their lives and teaching them the skill sets and the tools to become thriving and self-sufficient. So our program is really creating a pathway to Mm self-sufficiency for youth and underemployed or unemployed young adults. And so we started out with financial education and entrepreneurship, but we quickly realized that there were many other things that were needed. And what we realized was, first and foremost, we needed to work with the youth and the young adults around mindset, Mm -hmm. because so many of those that we work with have had barriers of some kind. So maybe they're teen parents or they dropped out of high school for one reason or another, or they've grown up in the foster care system, Mm -hmm. and now they've aged out, and they're transitioning. And, you know, the statistics are very high that a child that's becoming an adult and aging out of the foster care system actually becomes homeless very quickly. And there are some statistics, at least here in California, around Once a foster care youth ages out of the system and they don't have access to resources, they don't have somewhere to live, they don't have people to help them, it's a short window of time. Mm -hmm. If they are on the streets, that it starts to turn into homelessness. It also starts to turn into a risk of sex trafficking as well as drug addiction and other having challenges with the law. Mm -hmm. And so we started recognizing just that there were so many things around mindset and mental barriers and not believing in themselves because their circumstances for one reason or another have led them to this place where they're not even sure of what they can accomplish. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine trying to open up the world of resources and teaching someone financial education and entrepreneurship when they're still struggling with 
whether or not they're good enough to be able to do something yeah. like that. You know, we just recognized that it was next to impossible. It was almost like that information was falling on deaf ears. And so we decided that we really needed to incorporate this component of growth mindset that we refer to as purpose discovery. And we sit down and we explore values and beliefs and how so many external things have shaped a person's values and Mm -hmm. beliefs. And we have them explore their self-limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and then looking at how to reframe those and begin to remove the self-limiting beliefs and replace them with beliefs that they are capable, they are good enough, they can accomplish whatever it is they choose to accomplish. So those are some of the things that we do. We also get into, we call it adulting. It's life skills. So we start to teach them how to be self-sufficient in life skills, because you'll be surprised at the number of young adults that don't know how to cook, don't know how to budget, don't know how to Mm -hmm. really live on their own Mm -hmm. successfully. And so we teach them things like that. And it turns out that one of the favorite classes among our students that we provide is relationship. And so we get into really deep conversations with them, transparent and honest conversations about relationships and toxic relationships and good relationships. And, you know, what is something that maybe is not healthy for you and you need to consider whether you continue to remain in that relationship, whether you're the person that is the aggressor or you're a person that is the recipient of aggression. And so we've had some amazing things come out of those relationship classes that just blow my mind. Well, and it seems like you really are their second mom or their parent going over some of the conversations that you would have with your own child as they're going through different things in life, but maybe they might not have had it or maybe not have had it modeled for them, you know, a healthy relationship versus a toxic relationship, or like what you said, the adulting skills, like having a checking account or, you know, it's like all the things that you would think that hopefully a parent would spend time teaching this to their kids when they had the time. So how was it received? Was it well-received? How did you find the youth and the young adults that were in your programs? It's really funny. The first day that we show up and work with a new class, they're usually complaining and like, oh, why do we have to sit through this class? We have partnered with uh, the California Conservation Corps and they are a workforce development program. And so we consider our program an enrichment program Mm -hmm. around that. So we basically come in and fill in the gaps where the workforce development program doesn't provide some of these things. We come in and provide them. And so we enhance and supplement their programming. That's a great partnership. It is. It's a wonderful partnership. And when we first started, what we found out was the core members work a 440 schedule, which for your audience that doesn't know, that's basically they work 10 hours a day for four days and wow. then they get a full 40 hours in. And then they have every Friday off. Well, there are a number of other things that they are required to do and complete in the program. One is community service. They have to have, I think it's 70 hours of community service over a 12-month period mm-hmm. in the program. And 
they have to do certain educational things. And some of them are completing their high school diploma. Actually, a good number of them mm-hmm. are. And so they are in a charter school at the same time that they're working. Wow. Well, a dis- I know it's a lot. In addition to that, the core requires that they have at least three hours per week of additional education type classes, something that's bringing knowledge and, you know, additional skills to them. And so through this partnership, Advancing the Seed brings forth those additional three hours every week. And so we are part of their required programming now. And when we come into a class for the first time, you know, we hear a lot of mumbling and groaning and like, it's it's my off day. I don't want to be here. What are we going to learn? Why do we have to be mm-hmm. here? And it's so funny, Natalie, because by the end of that first class, we've got their attention. Wow. And they're sitting up straight and they are listening. Now, granted, it's usually not 100%, right. but I can tell you that we grab at least 80% of the class wow. consistently. And they are engaging and they are looking at us so intently when we're providing the information that, you know, it's hitting them in a way Mm -hmm. that they didn't expect. I've met some of the California Conservation Corps at this last event, the last Activate Purpose event that we were all a part of in L.A. And they get the work part of it during their 440s. But it's then taking, okay, after you're done with the work and you get your paycheck, what do you do with it? And it is. It is everything that you said about filling in the gaps. And that was one of the things that we had talked about. Some of the California Conservation Corps youth were there and they were sharing their stories. And it brought a lot of us to tears just watching. Now, we get to see them on the other end. You got to see them from start to middle and where they are now. And it was incredible to hear them talk about advancing the seed and about you Mm -hmm. and about Jeanette and basically how you changed their lives. Tell me a little bit more about some of your favorite stories that you have seen. There are so many, but there's a couple that come to mind immediately. So one, there was a young woman in one of our classes that when we first started working with the class, she'd come in and she was smiling and we would talk to her. And about two or three months into the class, we started recognizing that she wasn't smiling much anymore and Mm. she was not really engaged anymore. And so we knew something was going on. We pay attention to every participant in our class. And at some of our classes, we have upwards of 80 students in one class. Yeah, we never imagined that that would happen, but it's amazing. And so we do pay attention to every student. And we started really noticing this. And we talked to her leadership. And one particular day, I remember, she came in and she had a black eye. And it Mm -hmm. broke my heart, Natalie, because I immediately started putting two and two together. Now, I was making some assumptions, Mm -hmm. but I can also say that at one point in my life, I went through an abusive relationship. It was more verbally abusive than Mm -hmm. anything else, but on a few rare occasions, there was some physical abuse and nothing 
major that put me in a hospital or that really hurt me. But, you know, I feel like any time someone hits another person or slaps another person or even pushes someone around, that is a form of physical abuse. Mm -hmm. And so I experienced a little bit of that. I started putting two and two together and recognizing the signs. And I talked to Jeanette and she felt the same thing. And we were approaching our relationship class and we were so excited that, okay, we're going to talk about relationships. I knew I was going to open up and talk about my first marriage and, you know, the challenges there and the abuse that was there. And the hope was that this was going to open this young woman's eyes and at least get her to start acknowledging or recognizing what she was going through. And so I remember we showed up and she wasn't there that day. However, we had to delay starting the relationship class for another reason. And so the very next week, we started the relationship class and she was there. And you could tell she was very engaged and she was really listening. And the Mm -hmm. class got really involved. That was a day where we had a lot of participants and they were really involved and they were asking lots of questions and they were really, they were guiding the discussion Mm -hmm. at one point. We do that in two separate sessions. So it ended up being about six hours of focusing on relationships. Well, a couple weeks after that, came back to work and she shared with her leadership that she had been in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And because of our class, she had made the decision that she was no longer going to stay in that relationship. And she called the police on her abuser and literally changed her life. She moved. I have seen her a number of times because she's still in one of our cohorts Mm -hmm. and she's smiling again and she's engaged. And that is transformation Mm -hmm. because you know that you've changed the trajectory of Mm -hmm. a person's life. That's one that's near and dear to me that I remember. We have another young man who was at the event and actually gave a testimonial on Mm -hmm. stage, but he is now a supervisor for the Corps. So he has been hired on permanently with the Corps as a supervisor. And just yesterday, we started a brand new class, and he's a supervisor at that new site for the new class that we started. And he shared with us that now as a supervisor, he's finding himself talking to his crew members and he's sharing a number of the things that we taught him. So what we poured into him, mm-hmm. he's now using as a leader working with his crew. And when we were with the new class yesterday, I said something and there were a good number of them that were a part of his crew and they started laughing and they said, oh my gosh, he says that to us all the time. Now we know where he got it from. <laughs> well, and that's just taking it a step further. I mean, you see the transformation with one story, and now it really is paying it forward. And now he's able to. There's that saying of surrounding yourself with the five people that will either rub off on you or lift you up or surround yourself with great people. Yeah. And it does. I mean, I think that those types of things you just start speaking like how they do and things that have been ingrained into you and repeated reminds you of things. You just start saying things like that. So that's amazing. Did you ever feel like 
it was going to get to this point. I mean, I feel like you didn't even know where this was going to go. And all of a sudden, you've got these stories that I'm pretty sure you saved that woman's life or that young girl's life. It's not like you walk into this saying, I'm going to start a nonprofit and I'm going to change, I'm going to save somebody's life. You know, it's you don't even know that's why, why you're doing it. You're doing it because you've got the skills, you have the passion, and you have the purpose of creating something. And wherever it takes you, if somebody's blessed by it or can even pay it forward even a step further, how do you feel about where it's going? And you probably don't even have an end in sight because it's going to continue to grow and kind of take yeah. take off on its own as well. Yeah, I I never would have imagined, Natalie, that this is what was going to happen mm-hmm. through our nonprofit and through the work. And our program is Well, we have a couple of programs, but this one that I'm talking about is called Pathways to Prosperity. And prosperity doesn't just mean tangible riches. Mm -hmm. It means prosperous and abundance in life, in in your mindset, in who you are, in how how you exist in the world, how you exist in life. And I never would have imagined that I would have been pouring into young people who are not my children, but mm-hmm. you mentioned it earlier. They really are like our adult children, mm-hmm. and we tell them that all the time. And the beauty of that is many of them come up to us and tell us, you're like either the mom that I never had or the mom that I really wanted to mm-hmm. have or like a second mom or, you know, the two of you are like two additional mm-hmm. moms in my life. And that I can't put a price tag to that. Mm -hmm. I can't put a value to that. Even another example, just last night, I mentioned we started a new cohort of students and there were about 26 of them in the class. And we were there for two hours and the number of them came up to us after class and said, thank you so much. Thank you for taking time. I was really moved by everything that you shared today. I'm super excited. And all of that was great. But here's the thing. I'm starting to live for this, Natalie. There was one young woman who stayed behind and she said, I just wanted to tell you both, thank you so much. What you did today means so much. And then she started to cry, Natalie. And she said, people don't come and love on you like this when they're total strangers. But you guys walked in the room and in the first 30 minutes, you told us that you love us. Mm. and you believe in us and like it was genuine Mm -hmm. and we know it's genuine and she said I look forward to coming here I've worked hard all day but it's okay I look forward to sitting in this class and learning and looking forward to changing my life Natalie I never could have imagined you know I can sit and look at, okay, here are the outcomes that we want to achieve. Here are the statistics that we want to be able to positively impact. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's the technical, logical side of me can say, okay, these are all the things that we want to be able to achieve. But when you see that quantitative feedback, you know, you've got the qualitative you're so like, feedback. <laughs> you're such a strategist. I'm just like, what? I don't even I, know what you're talking about. I know. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you mean the feel good one, versus the what you put on the, paper? The, exactly. So the quantity versus quality mm-hmm. and quantitative is this is what I count. This is, these are the outcomes that I can check boxes on and I can count. But the qualitative is 
What are the testimonials? What are people saying? What's the observations that we can make about things that are happening in their lives? And that piece, mm-hmm. is, I never could have imagined. Really, that's the I priceless couldn't. stuff, though. I mean, that's the things that when people want to do good or they create something, it really isn't for them to be in the limelight or to, yes, you can measure things and you can see how the outcomes are so that you can improve. But most of the people that live in this space, they're doing it because they love doing it. And whatever comes out of it, I mean, that's the stuff that I totally hear you about what you live for, because it's stuff that it's the comments that are unexpected. And it is almost like a mini testimonial when somebody comes up like that to you and says, this is what you've done for me. And you had no idea because that wasn't even your intent. You had no idea. Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. working with youth, but, you know, let's talk about the adults that you've touched, right? I mean, you know, you and I, we've had this friendship for a few years now, and I just remember we've talked about all kinds of projects to do together and different things and Activate Purpose, what you and Jeanette created, that came about and we jumped on and helped you guys and brought it to Denver. But even then, I've watched the adults that you've touched Because you do walk into a room and say, hey, beautiful, you explain why you say beautiful and how much you believe in people. And having a conversation with you is we can sit and chat and have a conversation like girlfriends. But when it comes down to business, you make me have to think about a strategy of why I'm going to do it. So this is Regine. Okay, Natalie, we would love to have you talk at our summit, but you need to come up with a method that can be <laughs> reproducible uh, with social media. So that way it was a strategy and it made me work and think, which I absolutely love. So you are helping even adults. Let's talk about what you do with helping people create nonprofits. You've helped our friends, Mary and Laura with Discover Pathways, create a nonprofit. You've helped my husband and I create his idea, dogs, into a nonprofit. So it's not just the youth that you're impacting, but the adults now that also have to learn about adulting, I'd have to say, because I do feel like, (laughs) hey, I'm kind of adulting myself. Every step that I take into the unknown of, I have no idea how to do this, but I'm going to ask somebody that does know how to do this. So talk about what you do for nonprofits or for ideas that you can help turn into nonprofits. Once I started working with nonprofits and I started understanding kind of how they operate, and especially grassroots startup nonprofits. Then I started to spend a lot of time around understanding how to create a nonprofit. And so 
I love being my own first guinea pig. And so Advancing the Seed was mm-hmm. the very first nonprofit that I had the opportunity to actually start from beginning to end in the process of creating it. And I knew that it was an ordained divine thing because I literally got feedback in one day that our nonprofit was approved. I applied I at the time because of it was small and it was a startup. I filed what's called the 1023 easy and I, Believe it or not, Natalie, I did it on a Sunday. So I even did it on the weekend. On that very next business day, on the Monday, by the end of the business day, it had been approved. What? And when I tell people, yes, when I tell people that story, they have a hard time believing it. But it's the absolute truth. I can show you the dates. It's literally one day between when I applied and when it was approved. I could not believe that. And so... I started spending time putting together a blueprint, which was literally just a checklist. What's the process of doing this? And I started going through and looking on the internet and realizing that a lot of people were looking up information on how to start nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And typically people will go to attorneys to have that service done and they're spending thousands Mm -hmm. of dollars. And I do definitely recommend that either you talk to an attorney or you talk to someone who's well versed in the nonprofit industry so that if you're looking to start a nonprofit, you weigh out the pros and cons and you understand what you're getting involved in. But the process of starting it is really not that complex. It's like anything else. You don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. But once you know it, you realize oh, it's not really that bad. And so there are two different kinds of nonprofits that you can set up. You can set up what's called the easy format. And that's generally if you don't anticipate having revenue of $50,000 or Mm -hmm. more in the first couple of years, then you start that one. If you do anticipate that your revenue is going to be significantly higher, then you go through the long process. Mm -hmm. And the long process is literally just like creating a business plan. And it takes longer for it to get approved generally. So there's more work and there's more costs associated with it. But both are the same thing in the end. So the process to get there may be different, Mm -hmm. but the nonprofit itself is as far as the IRS is concerned, it's the same thing. So what we do as an organization is as we are encouraging people to start businesses and to create jobs, we find out if they have an interest in starting a social venture or a social business. And so then we begin to talk to them about, okay, are you interested in starting a nonprofit or are you interested in starting a social enterprise? And if it's a social enterprise, then do you want it to be a nonprofit or a for-profit? Right. So we go through a lot of that assessment. But long story short, we're able to help people start nonprofits and we're able to help them do it pretty quickly. And so our track record has been that we have gotten nonprofits started in 30 days or less. We always follow our blueprint to get that result. And we have started since 2017, the mm-hmm. beginning of 2017, I think we have helped to start 15 to 16 nonprofits, and all of them are functioning well, they're growing, they're doing well. A number of them actually have come out of our Activate Purpose events. So oh, people come to our Activate Purpose events. Yeah. 
and then they get super stoked and excited, something that has been bubbling up inside of them for a while. They walk away from our event with the confidence to now move forward with that. And so we had a couple of people that were at our events last year who have now started their nonprofit. They've done events themselves Mm -hmm. um, and they've done some amazing things in a very short period of time. And so, you know, we get excited about that because those are also outcomes out of advancing the seed. Every nonprofit that we help to start, that's another seed that we're helping to advance and they're going to touch many, many lives. And so people will hire us to do that on their behalf because you have a number of people who don't want to do the paperwork. They just want to hire us and have us do it. But we are also teaching people how to do it themselves. And so, for example, like you and Jason and Mary and Laura, you guys did your own with our guidance. So we're bringing up an online class to help people do that for a reasonable price. And then it involves a subscription that allows people to stay connected with us because there's more than just starting the structure of the nonprofit. It's because right after that, there's, okay, so how are we going to raise money and how are we going to do events and how are we going to connect to community? Mm -hmm. And so all of those things we help to guide and coach on so that you can be successful. That's amazing. And I'm so glad that you're there and I have you in my corner because it is a scary thing to walk into something like that, that you don't know too much about and you don't know who else out there knows enough that you can trust. And having the background that you had walking through it yourself with Advancing the Seed and having you know some of these organizations now that you've helped, even the speakers that you've had at the Activate Purpose event in LA, you even had speakers speak on nonprofits and fundraising for nonprofits. And so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to continue to follow the journey of where Advancing the Seed is going to continue to grow. Where can people reach out and either learn more about you or even help your nonprofit grow? And in what ways could be helpful for you? Probably the easiest way is to visit our website. Our name is Advancing the Seed, but our website is www.advancetheseed.com. Org. And actually, all of our social media follows that same handle. So okay. everything is Advance the Seed. If you put that in, you can find us um, anywhere in social media and on the web. And when you go to visit our website, then you'll see the different things that we're doing. And we have a volunteer page out there. So in terms of helping us, You know, like any other nonprofit that's growing and dealing with capacity challenges, we have a really good problem. The Conservation Corps wants to expand our programming across uh, Northern California, Central California. We just don't have the capacity to do that Mm. just yet. So we're exploring the use of technology so that we can do group coaching and group training through online training platforms. And so that's something that we're going to be doing a proof of concept on and piloting toward the end of this year. And I'm excited about that. We're also always looking to grow our volunteer base. And specifically, we're looking for people who are willing to be trainers, as Hmm. well as just industry speakers, someone who's willing to come in 
and speak to a group of our young adults and to help them understand what is it like to be in a specific industry. And so we're always in need of those types of individuals. Mm -hmm. We are also very strong on collaboration. And I'm working very hard on the business development side to develop business relationships with corporations and even small businesses Mm -hmm. that would consider hiring some of the young adults that we work with. And so we are looking for corporate sponsors and partners who are willing to consider funding us, but more than just funding us, willing to come alongside us Mm -hmm. and help us to pour into these young people. The other thing is, if you believe in what we do, becoming a champion for change for us and an advocate and really sharing. You know, you sit on our advisory board Mm -hmm. and you do just that. You share all the time the things that we're doing. Every opportunity you get, you will post things to help further get that information out into your network. And that really helps us because it helps bring greater awareness and visibility to the work that we're mm-hmm. doing. Great. That's a lot. And I love how it just continues to grow. And it even comes full circle in hiring the youth that you've and the young adults that you've trained as well. Last question for you is, what is one bit of advice that you might be able to share with our listeners on making the world a better place? I think the first step is to get out of your own head. Oftentimes, we have a desire to do something, but fear holds us back. And it's fear of, you can span the gamut on what the fears are. Am I enough? Am I knowledgeable enough? Do I have access to the right resources? But I would say, spend some time with yourself and really self-examine. And if you know that there's something that you want to do in this world or even in your community, if Mm -hmm. there's something that you want to do in your local community, you see a gap, you see a need, and you know that you, you have a heart for that, but you've been holding back because you're afraid. You're afraid that you're not going to be able to do it. I would say stop worrying about the how and decide once and for all, I'm not going to let fear hold me back. I'm going to make a difference in the lives of others. And I'm going to surround myself with people who have the knowledge and the resources to help me get there. So the how doesn't necessarily matter. Because the thing that I've learned is you don't have to know it all. Mm -hmm. None of us can know it all, right? right? But when we surround ourselves with other people who do have the knowledge and the wisdom and access to the resources, suddenly you're able to multiply Mm -hmm. in ways that you never imagined. And so all of that time where you're sitting and ruminating or contemplating on why you can't do something, you're actually wasting time. And more importantly, you are holding up someone else's blessing because you are not stepping in and owning who you are meant to be. Right. And so we often hear, you know, learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You really Mm -hmm. do have to be uncomfortable because when you have that feeling of being uncomfortable, truthfully, that's when we're growing. That's Mm -hmm. when we are really growing into who we are supposed to be. Oh, such wise words. Oh my gosh. 
And I totally agree. I mean, I remember having a conversation with you about fear. And it was one of our first conversations when we got together in LA. And I remember us talking about fear specifically. And you were the one that told me to just go through it. Like, don't pause, don't go around, like, just go through it. And I was also told, and it goes to your point about you're holding somebody back from your blessing or what pushes me forward is exactly what you said. I have no idea what anything is going to become, but I keep going forward because my thought is that if I can just reach one person or if there's somebody that's like waiting for me to arrive and I don't arrive they're never going to be able to step into what they're supposed to be doing. And so that continues to push me forward to do whatever it is that I decide to do. And I may not know all the answers and people might look at me and think, oh my gosh, what is she doing now? But you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And and I love how um, we're in total agreement with that. Thank you so much for being here tonight and for sharing your story and what you're doing. I absolutely love what you're doing with Advancing the Seed. And I loved hearing the stories that you shared of the youth. And I am one of the people that you have definitely blessed by what you're doing. And by leaving the tech world (laughs) and walking into your purpose, I actually am so grateful for you and for what you decided to do when you decided to step out in faith. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. And the last thing that I want to say is we were talking about fear. I really want people that are listening to this to understand the feeling of fear doesn't necessarily go away. Mm -hmm. It's just you learn to walk in the face of it to do what you need to do. And I love I've watched you And I've watched all of the amazing things that you've stepped into. And I still remember the first night that we really hung out together after meeting the day before. (laughs) And we talked about so many things. You would have thought that we'd known each other forever. And I kept telling you then, Natalie, you need to step into this and own who you are because I could see it. It's hard to explain, but I could just see it in you. And so now I see you walking that out and you are absolutely amazing. And you are touching many lives. So thank you, including mine. There's so much love in this room. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World. And thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO-FM. 